Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Marion Bartoli. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. This is Matt Yoder from Hartville, Ohio, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So a big thank you to Matt Yoda from Ohio, our Kickstarter backer who has been one of our introduction introductory backers here on the Tennis Podcast for 2020. Matt Yoda. Yeah, we need a Star Wars character at a time like this, feels to me. And uh, Catherine Whitaker is our faithful Jedi in Putney. <laughs> Uh, and Matt Roberts is in the South somewhere. None of us are in the same room for obvious reasons. And uh, what it, you, you've you've just made an already incredibly partridge situation, David. <laughs> Even more partridge. Splendid. So thank you, Matt. Splendid it was. Well, we need uh, Star Wars characters and Matts. Yes, we do. So thank you, Yoda, for introducing this edition of the Tennis Podcast. Um, look, yeah, we, we're probably still going to make some silly jokes like that, at least I am, because I don't really know how else to behave at the best of times, let alone when we are all facing a global pandemic, as we are right at the moment. Uh, but what you can be assured of is that your tennis podcast – oh, I've just knocked the phone over uh, – that your tennis <laughs> podcast is here. Um, Armageddon just hit our recording – David just went black. Uh, yes, uh, but, but I should say my first beer of the day is an Irish stout. Uh, who it is I w- suitably dark. Yes, um, and uh, and therefore I can't be completely held responsible for the content of this podcast. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to cover plenty of serious stuff as well, but we're also going to do what we normally do, like I've just knocked the phone over and etc. Um, but <laughs> when we were with you last week, we were... <laughs> talking i think it was what was it was it the morning or the day of indian wells being cancelled that that feels like a long time ago doesn't it it is extraordinary how quickly new normals emerge in times like this um yeah it was a week ago that it was absolutely shocking and seismic and unthinkable that an event as large as Indian Wells had been cancelled seemingly out of the blue. And uh, within 24 hours, I and a lot of other people were up in arms about the fact that Miami hadn't been instantly cancelled and lots of other events hadn't been cancelled. And um, two days later, I was watching the, the 
Cheltenham Festival racing event happening on my TV thinking it is preposterous that this is going ahead and now seven days later it feels completely normal (laughs) that pretty much any social engagement uh, outside of the home is unthinkable um, let alone anything involving mass gatherings Um, yeah it's the, the, the pace of change and and adjustment is is something I've I've never experienced before in in my lifetime. Indian Wells was the first domino to fall, really, wasn't it? And then since then, every sporting event in the world has just gone before our eyes, really. Um, and and now you're thinking, as you said, Catherine, at the time we were thinking, was it the right decision? to cancel Indian Wells. Now you're thinking, well, what on earth would have happened if they hadn't cancelled it? I mean, they would have probably got to about day one, day two, and had to stop it halfway through the thing, like the events that were going on that week had to had to be stopped immediately when the ATP came out with their six-week suspension. It was it was really extraordinary how quickly everything changed in, in a week. It does look impressively prescient, doesn't it? The, uh, the decision made by, mm. by Indian Wells, I think there was a bit of reception in various quarters at the time that they had, had jumped the gun, perhaps that the tournament had, yeah, had, yeah, had jumped the gun. Um, and, and maybe they had, but as discussed on last week's podcast, oh, uh, there's, there's every reason to be overly cautious and to jump the gun. I mean, in in terms of response to to what's going on, jumping the gun and trying to 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 get ahead of the curve seems to have been the the best response um, that that anybody is has been able to have to it. So I think uh, that decision by uh, Larry Ellison and and Tommy Haas and and that tournament will stand in time as uh as a very good one and a very prescient one yeah um since then to bring you up to date if you haven't followed all of it it was pretty soon afterwards that the atp announced uh, a six-week suspension of the entire atp circuit meaning that Miami wouldn't happen. That was initially announced uh, on by Dade County, the 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 sort of the, the wider county of, of of Florida. If that does change, I my bag is still packed and ready to go. So yeah, we know that. I mean, everybody's been following that on social media. That's all we've been paying any attention to on the tennis podcast feed. So um, we've got. Yeah, it's all we got. So don't quite know how we're going to fill, fill the other uh, remaining. I'm having. Minutes. I'm having to string out the um, the unpacking saga for as long as I can. I mean, I'm quite happy to do that. Don't don't worry, folks. We've got um, ideas, and we've got guests as well. We've got guests today. They're coming in a minute. Needs, who needs un- ideas when you've got the saga of when I will unpack my one remaining suitcase? Yeah, but I'm telling you, folks, we've got proper tennis players coming up on the tennis podcast in a matter of seconds. So David's not convinced. Only I'll by stop the, interrupting. Uh, longevity of the hang in there. Anyway, so so. Six weeks suspension. Hang in there for better content. For real than, tennis. The new strapline of the tennis podcast. <laughs> Hang in there. C- c- come for the real players and get through the other bit at the start. Um, and uh, yeah, so we had this, the six week suspension announced. That means no Miami, no Charleston on the WTA side. But this was initially the ATP announced on their own unilaterally that, that they were uh, cancelling. Miami, Monte Carlo was going to go, and uh, everything basically up until the end of 
of April and bit by bit the WTA came pretty much to the same conclusion but they tried to do it one at a time rather than just doing a, a complete block of, uh, of cancelling everything. That's where we stand at the moment. We have had another update today uh, with the WTA uh, saying that because of the ongoing global current coronavirus outbreak the WTA tournaments in Stuttgart Istanbul and Prague in April are going to be uh, cancelled as well and uh, so everything is suspended on the WTA tour now until May the 2nd they say we will make a decision in the week ahead regarding the remaining WTA European clay court tournaments I monitor the situation closely so it may not be the end of of the cancellations even even now. So here we are in mid-March. We know we're not going to get any tennis on the women's side until May the 2nd. So let's talk to a couple of the players who were out in Indian Wells who were affected by this situation, starting with the British number one on the men's side, Dan Evans, world number 28, career high ranking of 28. I had a little chat with him before he went to Indian Wells initially, when he was still in Dubai. And, and I sensed then that he was pretty anxious about the whole situation, the fact that he was going to go back to the UK just for a couple of days, then fly out to California. He he, he really didn't know what to expect when he got there. So I asked him, first of all, what it was like when he got to Indian Wells. Well, nothing like nothing was, uh, was any different at the start. Um, I actually went to San Diego for two days and a few members at the club had actually said to me, oh yeah, we're not going down to Indian Wells this year because of the coronavirus. And I mean, I was like, all right, um, I, I guess, you know, they, they were they were older members and two English guys. So I was just like, they must be taking precautions. And we got down there and as I'm sure you know, the tennis players are not the most, um, you know, they're, they're pretty isolated in their own world and no one really said much until I think it was it was pretty much the day before qualifying started there was there was murmurs that it, it was going to get called off and then yeah big big rumors sort of started um and then it got called off but the the, the day before um I'd listened to the health minister of I think it was California or, or Coachella Valley and he said that he made a statement about Indian Wells that he would be the only guy who would be calling it off. So then, when it sort of happened, it was all was all very, you know, a bit of a surprise, really. But then, a day after that, it, it wasn't so much a surprise, if if that makes sense. You know, yeah. it was all the, the severity of it really kicked in. And then, not long after, come the Miami uh, cancellation when it was you know, a pandemic. Mm. What, what was the week, what's the week been like since then? Because they were, they were letting everybody stay, weren't they? And use Indian Wells for a few yeah. days and, and stay in the, the accommodation. What did you do? And, and what was it like? I mean, being around the other players at that, that sort of time. Yeah. I mean, we stayed like, there was a few, few different people did different things. And then, you know, we was advised to not leave the country because we might not be able to get in back in and then that sort of that seemed like it was defeating the object of if people couldn't come in then there wouldn't be a Miami really um and then yeah it, it was all pretty strange you know I didn't me personally I didn't like practicing when at the place was we were supposed to be playing it seemed you know pretty 
no atmosphere. There was nothing. It was it, it was a terrible sort of place to be, to be honest. And I, I found it pretty hard and not easy to be motivated. But everyone was practicing, um, which was the strange thing. You know, everyone was practicing. Everyone was eating together. So it was all a bit. It was all a bit surreal at India Wales. And and then, as I just said, when we heard uh, WHO called it a pandemic. I think everybody was booking flights then. I think, you know, the writing was on the wall for um, for Miami. Mm. And obviously they've they've called on the ATP side, they pretty much immediately called a six-week halt to the tour. Now, that's, that's a pretty far-reaching impact for so many people. I mean, in, even in our little ecosystem of tennis, yeah. you've had a good, a good start to the year. You had a good last year. So you'll have built up some some finance that you can you can weather a period like that but not everybody's in that boat i would imagine no um you know i guess not but there's not there's not much anyone can really do is there right now it's it's a terrible situation for for everybody you, you know um and thankfully no one just yet has tested positive in tennis I well not as far as i know and that's that's the main thing is to keep everybody healthy and i think that's you know the reason why the tournaments have been have been cancelled and and the six week pause to the um to all the tournaments it's uh you know it's obviously a difficult time for for everybody involved like you just said you know even down to you know people working at the tournaments i actually spoke to an umpire who was on my flight and he wasn't sure if he was getting paid or not, you know, which is at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants to happen is they go to, to work to get paid because they, they have stuff to pay for in their livelihood, you know, and you know, that isn't, that can't, mustn't be a good feeling for, for anyone to not know if you're going to get paid and that, you know, that obviously counts for everybody right now in, in, in Great Britain and the world. Yeah. I mean, you, you obviously had a period of, of time out the game. We we know the reasons for it. I remember you talking about at the time that you found it quite hard sort of just not having the purpose in a way. Is, yeah. is, is that something that you feel may, might that help you in a way that you've at least had experience of that? Um, well, if, if, if we're able to, to practice, I don't see I, to be, if, if we're able to practice and stuff, I don't see the six weeks being, being that much of an issue. For for me personally, um, you know, we we it, that can't change. So, but you know, if we went, there's obviously talk of the country going on to a lockdown like Spain. Then I think that changes quite a lot for um, for everybody. Really, you, that, that's literally doing nothing, isn't it? So that will be, I think that will be pretty tough. Um, I actually know one guy who's in who's in Madrid, and he they're on a lockdown. They can't leave, and you know he. He said it's you know not not good at all. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. But if it does, then you know it'd be um, be interesting to see how how that works out for for the tennis players. So that's Dan Evans, and I put a similar question to Bethany Matic Sands, who's won nine Grand Slam doubles and mixed doubles titles in her career. She felt that her injury layoffs over the years would help with the adjustment of so much off time and that other players would find a way through it as well. I'll, I'll, I'm going to give some tennis players the credit that we're all, we're all pretty mentally strong and we can figure things out. And we've, we've done this probably, you know, since we've been juniors playing, but you 
know, I think for the most part, everyone's going to keep training. I mean, I'm back home here in Phoenix. I'm able to practice as the courts next to me are, are still open. And I actually have a gym set up in my garage. So I'm doing garage workouts, which I'm about to start posting their uh, Instagramming live because there's not much else going on. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's crazy. Like there's no live sports right now. There's no, you know, there's people are sitting at home and, you know, they're watching Netflix or reruns. I mean, I, there's only so much news I know I personally can watch. And then I'm like, I got to. I got to, you know, have a little bit more positivity in my day and, um, you know, still be constructive. I think, you know, for me personally, prioritizing my day with things to do is still important. Like having that routine, even though it's not my normal routine, it's ha it's making a slightly different routine that I can stick to um, during my day helps keep me inspired and motivated um, and just not, you know, sort of w finding myself wondering why or you know, worrying about the future too much. Cause there's, yeah. there's just a ton we can't control right now. Like yeah. majority of it, we can't control. And I think that's where, you know, I, you know, I'm challenging myself to sort of let go of what I can't control and here's what I can control. Um, and that's, you know, for me personally, reducing a little bit of the anxiousness and, and negativity. Mm. You, I mean, you've had a, a great career already and, and have, have earned some, some good prize money along the way in a, in a long career. Not everybody is in that position on the tennis circuit. Do, do you sense people, the players that you know, maybe that that haven't had such such a, an amount of success are, are worried? I think so. I, I think, again, I'm, I'm going to lump, you know, some other people in different careers, you know, across the board that, you know, let's say you are living paycheck to paycheck or week to week. Like you, there is going to be some concern on, you know, what it, what are you going to do? And that's a, I mean, that's a massive one. And I think players do fall in that, that boat where it's some of them really can't afford to take six weeks off. I mean, you know, the, you know, the, the good thing about it is you're not incurring extra expenses, you know, like for traveling and things like that. But for most players, we're still, let's even say you still have a coach or you still have a trainer. I mean, we still have regular bills. We still have houses and apartments and phone bills and of course Netflix you can't stop the Netflix now either like it's so it's it, I think there's definitely a lot of players that fall in this in this boat and um, they're the ones uh, that are I think you know sh a little bit more stressed and mm. as they you know as they should as they can be it's you know it's we got to sort of come together as not just as you know the world in general and each each country but even the tours come together and sort of figure some some other options out see what we can do to work together even with tournaments with the tour with sponsors you know there has to be something you know eventually we'll all i mean I'm I'm looking at it positively, but eventually we'll all get back into a normal routine and start playing again, um, start these tournaments. But, you know, I think it's worth sort of meeting um, and figuring out what we can do in the interim. And I think that would be really helpful, especially for players that are sort of falling in that category of not sure how they're going to go too long without making money. It's very difficult, isn't it, for, for the tours and the tournaments? I mean, this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this. H how have you found the decision-making and the, and the communication lines so far? Hey, I think, that, I, I think that's a challenging question because, you know, on one side you would, you would like to say, I, we wish we could have 
known about some things earlier, let's say even Indian Wells. I mean, you have players that are, you know, getting ready to play in 12 hours. And could they have told us earlier? Did they know sort of all this information earlier? But like you said, this is sort of unprecedented. And it's really, you know, everyone is sort of trying to get the best info, the most current info and what, you know, you got to weed through like what's exaggerated, what's not exaggerated, like where, where do we got to fall? And we got to let everyone know um, things. And I think once, once BMP did get canceled, I think we were on a pretty good communication as far as, at least for the women's tour. I know the ATP, the guys were um, in touch with their player board reps. All the players have been in touch with our player reps. So I think once we kind of knew like once BMP canceled, that was sort of the, the trickle down effect. Like we Miami, you know, wasn't sure, but it, you know, I, I was looking for a situation where we didn't wait till the day before Miami, everyone flew to Miami and then waited for that to happen and then canceled it in another 12 hours before we played. So I think once, you know, the initial sort of confusion before BM was BMP getting canceled or not canceled was probably the only time where everyone felt like they were, it was a little bit, you know, they hadn't, there wasn't a lot of good communication. Uh, after that, I think it's, it's definitely gotten better. Like we have uh, open communication with the tour. There's a, a separate email. If we have questions about whether it's points, whether it's uh, prize money, whether it's rank rankings, you know, uh, we we can we've been getting communication within 24 hours, sometimes within an hour, on on big questions that we all have, and I think um, that's been really helpful for for us. And but the main thing was, I think everyone was really trying to figure out where they wanted to be before all these travel bans um, mm. came into play. I mean, that was that was a big question. We're just it's an internet tennis is an international sport. There's only a couple that have uh, that live in the U.S. and maybe there's a couple of foreigners that have places in the U.S. But for the most part, I think everyone sort of wanted to get home and get situated and be ready for sort of what was going to happen next. Yeah, and of course we we don't know from here what will happen next, other than that tennis is is not going to be played for the next five six weeks. Um, have you have yeah. you been told anything beyond that at this stage? I have not been told anything. I don't, as of right now, did the, I know some of the clay court, the European clay court events did cancel themselves. I don't know that, I know the ATP made an official statement. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if the WTA has officially, no, have they officially said I think the ATP did the blanket six weeks and the WTA okay. has, has done it a little bit more gradually and, and tried to take it a, a bit more case by case. But pretty much until the end of of april um so it's 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 more or less in line now um but i yeah. guess i guess it'll be revised and considered again as we go along yeah so that's i and that's the that's everything that i have heard you know right now i think the big questions are i mean you think of something that's coming up later in the year like olympics you know for tennis you know for some sports they've already selected their athletes they know they're going for tennis we take points up until french open so you know a big question is, or even wimbledon actually i'm sorry and it's like you know where uh where does that fall like where do you like if you were defending points from last year if you know you're not like where like these are all the questions i think that the tour is more concerned about right now uh, versus even trying to figure out, Hey, in seven weeks, I think we'll be able to put a play on it. Um, 
just because, you know, it's, this is never, this has never happened on this big of a scale. I mean, again, we've had tournaments canceled maybe here and there, but we've usually figured out there's been another one that week, something to that effect, uh, never anything like this. So I think, you know, we're just, we're, I think everyone's in a holding position. Um, you know, I'm communicating directly with Steve and the rest of the player board and, you know, just giving my, you know, giving my opinions and thoughts. But, uh, you know, until then, there's just really, they got to sift through a lot of information. I'll, I'll let them <laughs> handle that. <laughs> yeah, no, understandable. Well, Bethany, thank you so much for giving us an insight into, into your world at the moment. And I hope it's a world that, that for everybody involved in tennis and everyone involved around the world, it, that it improves and, uh, and wish you all the very best. Definitely. And if something changes in the next few weeks, uh, we can jump on a call again and I'll let you know. I'll give you the up. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So Dan Evans and Bethany Matic-Sands, two players who've been right at the heart of things on the main circuit i mean i think at some point we'd love to speak to to some players further down the rankings who who are really affected financially and get an insight from for what they're going through because we we know so many people i mean both of them mentioned in the course of the interviews that i did with them the number of people that are affected the 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 ordinary person in the street who who might be a volunteer or, or might just work a tournament one at a time that, that we know so many media colleagues who 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 work on a freelance basis and frankly we're all freelance uh, you know we 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 have a, had a lot going on over over the years and have been able to to 
build some business, but I mean, it does affect everybody. And, and Evan's there referencing umpires who go week to week. There's just so many people. Um, very interesting to hear their views. And then things have moved on again, because there they are both talking about trying to get back into preparation for returning to the tour, Catherine. Dan Evans was saying that he was planning to meet um, Mark Hilton, his coach, up in Birmingham tomorrow. He he's staying down in Cheltenham at the moment. Is is Evans, where 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 he's based with his girlfriend, and Hilton coming down from Nottingham. And now, where do they stand? Given that the British government has just announced that no non-essential contact should be made socially between people. Does that mean he can? Does that mean he can't? It's it's so difficult for everybody and and including tennis players right now. Yeah, um, I mean that. In every country, it, it, the the advice is is different, right? I think in this country, there's quite a lot of feeling that that too much is being left open to interpretation. I think people are just grasping for certainty, right? Tell me what I can and can't do. Tell me what's okay. Um, and obviously, the 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 situation of tennis players and indeed people like us, you know, we work in a pretty unorthodox industry. There's no kind of, there's no legislating really. It's, it's all, it's all pretty unique issues and situations that we're all faced with. Um, and we're, we're having to, to figure out and navigate the uncertainty as we go. And there are no, there are no clear-cut answers and it's all just so, so discombobulating. Um, and I, I I guess a lot of people have this image in their mind of, you know, any any top athlete, you know, they've got a gym in their house and they've got a tennis court in their back garden and they've got anyone they need on call and all the rest of it. Well, I'm not saying get the violins out for him, but Dan Evans is a, a top 30 tennis player and he is going to be facing you know very real impediments to to continuing his training by the sounds of things let alone people in Italy I mean I, I'd love to if there's if there's any tennis players based in Italy or Spain for that matter listening that, that would be up for talking to us then please get in touch because I would really love to hear about what's going on there I mean there's I think part of one of the one of the very particular aspects of what's going on is that it's we hear sort of the facts of what's going on on the ground but it's very difficult to get the actual inside feel of it because we're all supposed to be keeping a distance from from one another. I saw a report on the news earlier where um the reporter was interviewing a couple along Brighton Beach and she said don't worry we came we came prepared for this and she got out this extra long microphone extension um, stick. It was like a selfie stick, but two and a half metres long. And she did this interview two and a half metres away with this long stick. Um, and then she did this piece to camera where she was obviously standing about five metres away from the cameraman and she was really out of focus. <laughs> and... Um, it just looked completely bizarre, but yeah, I mean, nobody can nobody can get into the hospitals, into the flats where elderly people are in self isolation and all of that. We know the facts of it, but actually, viscerally feeling it is is really really difficult, isn't it? Um, so I'd I'd love to hear about it as 
as much as possible but it, we are trying we are trying but it's um it's hard to get to people at the moment because this is a situation um whereby the 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 measures being taken involve us all isolating from one another and that that makes so many things so difficult and i think what this whole situation has reinforced in my mind is that when we when we occasionally get messages from people telling us to stick to tennis when we you know doing slams if some sort of controversy comes up maybe we maybe we dwell on that more than more than the tennis in on certain days well i think this this whole crisis has just shown how tied up tennis is with the real world really whether it be social issues or climate issues or political issues well this is a massive health issue which is impacting tennis and we're going to look at it through a tennis perspective and it's so intertwined you just you know I think it's a I think it's something going forward where you know when tennis does come back we will you know we won't ever take it for granted you know we will always keep it in mind with everything that's going on in the real world as as tennis players have to in this in this situation um and the other thing that struck me hearing Matic Sands talking and Dan Evans about how they just wanted to get home which is such an unusual feeling for a tennis player I think as much as anything they're so used to being on the road it happens all the time they they spend so little time at home tennis players and in, 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 indeed they you know, they have a whole team of people around them doing things for them. You know, to get to the top of the sport, you have to be quite selfish, really, with your time, your effort, um, your focus. All their team are built to get them in the best shape possible, get them to the top on the road, 52 weeks of the year, pretty much. But now tennis players are realising that they're not the centre of attention in their families and they just want to get back home. They just want to help out when they can. And that must be a very confusing and different experience for the tennis players as well. Yeah, I and I, I touched on it with with both of them about the, the the mental health elements of it, and and I think it's the same for everybody who is forced to to isolate, who's forced to stop what they're doing to work from home. I mean, I, I've worked from home for many years, but it's not everybody who who finds that easy. And um, and look. We're very much the lucky ones in in so many respects. We 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 understand the the struggles that that many people are going to have over the next few months. And if if you're one of them, really, my thoughts are with you. Um, we want to provide a a bit of entertainment as well as as well as information about tennis and conversations as, as we can. We're not going to stop. We're going to carry on. That's that's what we're doing right now, and that's what we intend to continue doing. Um, but in terms of the wider future that as Dan Evans said it later on to me that there's just so much unknown right now nobody knows what's going to happen next I I really do feel for for the authorities involved in all sports right now um Evans said he felt that the the ATP had handled things well in communicating to the players what was going on as best they could with such a changing scene um but where next because we know we've got no international tennis until the end of april at the very earliest may the 2nd on um on the the women's side it 
means such a lot for the business, for all those tournaments, for the tours, for all the TV deals, for everybody who works in the sport who, who frankly relies on it for their income. And uh, yeah, I feel for all these people that, that are, are posting information. I, I saw one of our f- colleagues in the photography world, Ella Ling, was, was, was decided to open up her entire library to try to sell images. Now she's got an incredible library of, of images from 15 years covering the sport. But this is suddenly what she is faced with because she can no longer travel the world and supply imagery to to magazines and, and publications and websites that might want to buy them. So everybody's got to try to find another way of going about earning a living um, and or at least bridging the gap until they can get back out there again. But for the players, this is – they don't have an off-season normally that's very long. And suddenly they could be faced with with – I don't know how long. Who It could, it could be months um, – it's it's going to be a very interesting process for them to to actually become tennis players again. I would imagine, whenever it happens. Yeah, it's, it's the proper tennis off season we've all been calling for. Which, well, it's, it's, the, it's, it's not the one be we've careful been calling what you for. Wish for. Is that the uh, is that is that the message? The learning to be done here. Uh, it's always got to learn the hard way. These footballers wanted a mid-season break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody meant that. I mean, so. it's, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because at the moment we have this kind of um, we have this known six-week period, definitive six-week period of no no tennis, but we're all kind of reluctant to really talk about it definitively in those terms because we all fear and possibly even suspect that it will end up being being longer than that but let's just for a moment thought experiment wise say it is a a six-week break and come the start of may um and madrid week tennis is happening again whether it's behind closed doors or not let's say that the 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 facts we have them as we have them at the moment bear out and the the tennis season carries on start of may and they've had this six-week break it makes things very interesting, extremely interesting. Yeah, in terms of who comes out of the blocks and who, I mean, we it, may we may get the most when they eventually do start playing again. We may get the most incredible level of play. Yeah, if everybody's suddenly fully fit mm. and fresh, and all those niggles have gone, and an opportunity to potentially work on their game in these six weeks, which they don't really get over the off season. Um, it will help players who are currently, you know, a very small group of players who are currently injured. This is gonna, this is going to benefit. It gives them more time to get back. Just think, thinking out loud, someone like Kane Ishikori. Um, yeah, he has this every season. Yeah, <laughs> and also, <laughs> this is I mean, just a normal season for him. Couple of months out on the sidelines. Bianca Andrescu, and we obviously talk about Federer, but finally we might yeah. get Andrescu at, at a, yeah. a base point where she's just fully fit. She was watching herself. Did you see that? On She did an Instagram post where she was watching her match from the US Open, I think against Mertens, and, and she just put at the bottom some text about this is the closest she's getting to tennis for a, for a long I, time. Um, I which... love that she is literally checking herself out. She's literally <laughs> yeah. saying, check me out. <laughs> 
Everyone else is posting all these Instagram videos about what they're doing in her time off, in their time off, and she's literally just going, "I'm checking myself out." Brilliant. And we've it's had we've so had great. Stan, Stan Vavrinka Vavrinka, is oh. making a fondue at home. He's being sh- trolled he's... by Andy Murray. Yeah. Yes, for his hair. Bad hair. Everything I mean, about Stan Vavrinka's black, uh, I think. social media presence is lols. I find. But really, is Andy Murray in any position to talk about somebody else's hair? No. Who am I? <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my, brother, my brother sent me a message earlier saying, uh, <laughs> um, question for the podcast, sweepstake on how many balding tennis players are going to come back with full heads of hair after this break. <laughs> what? You said we were looking for conversation topics. Well, but without a miracle ask if and you shall receive. Right. Uh, Jamie Murray's been at home playing Monopoly. He vows to master it over the coming weeks. Andrea Pe- Petkovic has uh, started a book club, uh, which sounds like a very good idea. Stefano Sitsipas posted, uh, got stopped by a guy <laughs> while walking in the streets of New York City who knew my grandfather from his football days. Such a small world. <laughs> Which is like the opposite of self-isolating, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm, look, I should say that that Stephanus posted this one or two days ago, and let's give let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say that, that maybe America hadn't closed down at that point. But uh, it is just classic Sitsipas. Uh, uh, he he that. posted something about you can't you can't do extraordinary things with basic people or something. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what, you can't do epic things with basic people. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. and then I mean, true story, Steph, but just basic <laughs> not, not in keeping with the times. I was about to check my phone to uh, to see what you're referring to, and then I realised I'm talking to you on it, and I can't. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Um, and you're a terrible multitasker. Uh, I'm not the best at the old multitasking. Um, Have you seen what Alex Dumanor's done? No. He's is it a moustache? No, he's created a TikTok account, and I'm I'm wondering whether David knows what one of those is. No, what's that? You've got young kids, David. You should know. They talked. They mentioned it to me. Oh, the that's other day. true. They said that somebody at school had got one, and they weren't supposed to have one because Ooh. they're not allowed to have one. They told me they're not allowed to have one. It's not a rule I've given them because I don't know what it is. <laughs> so. They set themselves rules. Well, I think their mother has been involved somewhere (laughs) along the line. So what is a TikTok account? It's a a growing social media platform for, like, videos, basically. It seems to have – I don't know whether it's replaced Vine. I think it might have done, kind of. Oh, do you remember Vine? That was good for about four minutes, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the video's five seconds long. And Seven. Oh. Mm. Well, these ones are – tend to be quite short and Coco Goff's pretty big on it and there's lots of people do dance routines and Alex de Manor seems to be seems to be going yeah, down it's that right route. up your alley yeah, David David's looking confused you're proposing by it. that we have a tennis podcast TikTok account I'm just saying that <laughs> we might get desperate I mean I can't keep up with all this stuff I'm doing an ask me anything on Wednesday on Reddit eight o'clock we might UK already time. have asked you everything by that point I mean when, when I proposed that date I thought I didn't think all this stuff would have been happening. <laughs> what am I going to talk about? Oh, 
Social isolation. The past. What Talk about the past. Ask yeah. David about the past. Yeah. yeah. Go- David talks about the 90s. We're going to be doing a lot of <laughs> yeah. nostalgia on the tennis podcast over the next few months, I can tell Dogs you. and nostalgia. I really wish we'd called it back eight years ago when we were starting this thing, the the tennis and miscellaneous other stuff podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> who would you, if you had to, let's say you got caught out and you happened to be at a tennis tournament when all the restrictions came in and you happened to be in a room with a tennis player who you then had to sort of isolate with for who do i want to self-isolate with who do you go for and who do i want to socially distance from yeah um i would immediately select for anyone with dogs for my shortlist. But haven't they got to have the dogs with them for it to be of any use? Yeah, yeah. Why do, yeah, let's just say let's all the just dogs say they're there. So, so I'd, I'd immediately so- discard anyone without a dog. You want to soci- socially isolate with the dogs rather than the human, basically, is what you're saying. Absolutely. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but Matt, do you have an answer while I while I mentally sift through tennis players with dogs? Uh, Diego Schwartzman's got dogs. I think he's oh. I think he's a standout candidate. He's got great dogs, hasn't speaks, he? Speaks speaks Spanish. Could could practice a bit of the Spanish yep. with him. Yeah, I, I, I reckon he likes. I reckon he got good Argentinian food. Well, that he, that he we have sort of unofficially dined with Diego Schwartzman, Matt. We have. We exactly we know yeah, that we, we share have. the same culinary tastes as Diego Schwartzman. Indeed. So he's the leading contender. I should say that um, someone you wouldn't want to at the moment, and we obviously wish him better, is Bernard Tomic, because he's he's got coronavirus oh, symptoms dear. and he's having to self isolate. And also Yaroslava Shvedova is in isolation, not because she's showing symptoms, but because she was on a flight uh, from Milan to Kazakhstan and someone on that had coronavirus. And she's in she's in 14 days quarantine now. So it, it is, you know, it is affecting tennis players. Sorry, I, this is the light <laughs> yeah. segment of the podcast. I've, Can I've I just... bring it back to Diego Schwartzman's dogs who have just looked up on Instagram and are excellent, like really, really excellent? <laughs> I, I think I'd quite like to go for social isolation with Andrea Pekovic because I think I just learned loads of stuff. Good, good shout. She seems really clever. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think she'd give me some really good answers. I'd just be able to tell her all of Catherine's put-downs and just say, come up with some answers for me. <laughs> I'd want somebody, well, obviously dog, um, and somebody with whom I'd have the same taste in programming because we're going to need to watch films back-to-back. Yesterday, I watched three films in one day. Three? Yeah. One of them which brought back a few memories for me from the 90s. I watched uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. That's the haircut I had, folks. <laughs> <laughs> David used to go to the hairdresser and just say, I'll have a Hugh Grant, please. Yeah. <laughs> my mother... My mother. I can't believe they didn't say I because I went through a phase where I went to the hairdresser and said, "I'll have a Rachel, please." And I remember the hairdresser vividly saying, "No, that won't work on you. (laughs) That's not for you." I think my yeah no 
Nobody really wanted to break it to me, I don't think. Um, but my mother d- doesn't shy away from doing so. She, If anybody ever visits her house and looks around the, the living room and sees the picture of my graduation where I've got the hair, she has to comment upon it. Even if they're, even if they're not even making an issue out of it, she draws attention to it and said, I can't believe you had that haircut. Is she happy for that? Are you happy for that? photo to appear on instagram because that sounds like you don't know how desperate we are for content right now david you've set yourself right up (laughs) i don't think my wife is going to allow that (laughs) well to be out in the the universe the wider wider universe that's for social isolation purposes only Mm, i think i might have something in my archive matt we'll get we'll get onto it um surely whatsapp at least yeah I don't Definitely. know who I want to social distance from. Uh, I don't feel that strongly about Well, Bernard Tomic. Well, all right, yeah. Um, I kind of think he really annoys me on the tennis tour. Oh. I can't think of too many players that, that want I can, that I just much. can't say it. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll get it out of a later one. We've had a few more drinks. Um, so it's, uh, yeah. It's all a bit, it's all a bit depressing, isn't it? Really, uh, the old coronavirus. Um, and the old coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, but we aren't going anywhere uh, as a, as a tennis podcast. We are going to be sitting in these very seats for many more weeks to come. Um, we are going to be taking your questions. We've still got our listener questions special that we recorded about three weeks ago when the world is normal. Um, I'm slightly concerned about the tone of it because it sounds so jolly and, and normal. Um, mm. And uh, we might have to listen back to that to make sure it's appropriate. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I mean, they're, they're all good tennis talking points. and we There's will be... still a place for jolliness in oh, this yeah. world, David. Absolutely. Come on, and, and look, don't deprive people of jolliness. No, and tennis is going to be back, folks. Uh, it will be back. We just don't know when. Um, so, but Sorry, I hadn't appreciated how much structure to my day tennis provides. Yeah. Like, it's, not even, it's not even the watching of the tennis necessarily that I'm missing. I obviously am, but it's, it's all the other stuff that comes with it, just following it, knowing that it's coming up in the afternoon, waking up to it following a week's worth of stories um now it's just it's just emptiness it is it is i mean i know like in in the scheme of the the challenges that people are facing this is absolute small fry oh sure Uh, that goes without saying but i mean it is it it it, it, the the absence of sport is emotionally incredibly hard incredibly hard and and it brings me back there have been a number of incredibly eloquent articles this week along these lines Jonathan Liu in particular in the Guardian and Tom Fordyce did one uh, on the BBC Sport website but which express kind of what I've always tried to say obviously they've done it far better than I've ever been able to about the place of sport in all our lives and this this kind of reflex whenever anything bad happens of, oh, you know, sport's inconsequential, sport's not important. Well, it kind of is, you know, because it brings an awful lot of happiness and and an awful lot of meaning and structure and joy and despair and passion and um, emotion 
to to people's lives and those things those things matter the results who wins and loses might not matter but the existence of sport in our lives matters and the absence of it is being felt and it's okay to to feel it it doesn't it doesn't mean that you don't understand that there are more important things going on and more important things being missed and more important things at stake it is okay to miss sport and for that to be a hole in your life because it is in all of ours my uh, my son tonight uh, when i made him dinner i whenever whenever my kids have dinner they they're always allowed if the sport on, they're allowed to have the iPad out. I, I, I let them use my iPad to just watch whatever live sport is on because I think that's okay. And is that why uh, you never have enough Wi-Fi to successfully record this podcast? Correct. Yes, uh, and that's why right at the moment everything's fine because uh, nothing's on. Um, but uh, they sat down, and my son, who's eight years old, said to me, "Oh, is there any is there any football on, Dad?" And I said. No, son. Oh, no, that's broken my heart. And my daughter said, is there any tennis on? And I said, no, no, there's no, there's no tennis on. And, and it did sort of hit me that there's no sport on. Um, and I know it, in this grand scheme of things, I, I, we know all the, the, all the things that, you, that people say that it's not that big a deal. And it's not, not, not compared to people being, dying and, um, and the, going bankrupt or whatever might happen over the next few months but it is a a massive hole in people's lives there's no question and we need that glorious distraction um and as you put it matt a kind of framework to your lives to to just i know it's just helps you through doesn't it it gives you gives you a reason to be uh, in so many ways and uh yeah they do that too um, but we need it back. We need it back, and uh, and it will Dogs be. Dogs do back, that as well, folks. Um, and actually, that's why I'm going with Diego. We had a, we had a lovely n- note today <laughs> from a, a chap called Danny Rogers on Twitter, who who said to us, "I applaud your decision to keep going with the tennis podcast if you can. Although there's no tennis, you have an engaged audience that have affection for you as a team. Isn't that nice?" He said, "People stuck at home need some connection more than ever." And I mean, I hope that's true for a, a number of people that, that that just us doing this is is some sort of help. Um, we're, it's good. It's help for us. I have to say, we, we you probably guessed we enjoy each other's company and talking and chatting about tennis. We love the sport. We we enjoy each other's company and we enjoyed a good good old round, a good old laugh. Um, and if you're listening and and enjoying it with us, then that's that's good enough for us um well we promised we would keep going at the start of the year and we don't intend to stop now um but but those were really nice words weren't they yeah and um yeah i I don't mean to you know big up our pots or anything i know in the scheme of things there's not much we can do but if 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 we can provide any sense of um continuity and levity in people's lives then uh I feel very proud to do that. And um, yeah, it's not a selfless act because this podcast provides exactly the same for me. Yeah, Um, I I need to do this as much as uh, we want to be able to do it for you. So um, it's a two-way street or a three-way street or whatever. This three, four-way street, there's three of us and one one channel to someone bail me out somebody's listening they're the fourth way um <laughs> have we got any shout outs matt 
Yes, we do. Um, do you know I've been? I sorry, I've been in a queue to get onto the Ocado website for the entire duration of this podcast, <laughs> and I'm still in a queue. Oh, I thought that was going to be the moment no, you were in. I'm st- I'm, it still says we're experiencing a high volume of orders. Oh. This is online <sighs> supermarket shopping, isn't it? I've got an order booked. Apparently, so I booked this order about nine. No, but it about a week ago. Apparently, I could sell this delivery slot on the black market for several hundred pounds. Oh, yeah, me. what is going on in the world? Yeah, yeah. Ha- having having spent most of the last week laughing and generally mocking the situation of people stockpiling toilet roll, I ended up in a situation where there was no toilet roll left and <laughs> couldn't find any in the shops went on amazon and all that was available on amazon was a uh, boris johnson toilet roll for 9.99 per roll does it have um, his face on it it has his face on it yeah um that is so incredibly I, poetic please buy it well i then looked a bit harder in the shops and <laughs> tracked down a shop with some but yes that was that was an unfortunate experience. <laughs> so, it's, have we got these shout-outs or what? Sorry, yeah, oh, yeah I'm still not outs. in. Yeah, we've gone from shout-outs to toilet paper. Um, so, shout-outs to Stephen Malloy. Good on you, Stephen. Hey, Stephen. To Alan, Alan Chalmers. Hey, Alan. Hey, Alan. And Anna Frenzel. Hi, Anna. Oh, Anna. Thank you all very much. Yeah, thank all you. All legends. All of you. Stick with us. Brilliant. Especially at a time like this. Thank you for backing the Tennis Podcast. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to keep coming your way uh, on a weekly basis. Different ideas thrown around, um, which, uh, which we're – in fact, we're going to have a meeting after this when I get my next beer. Uh, we're going to get our editor to get cracking on editing this one while we have a chat about what we're going to do next. David sent a preliminary ideas email, folks. It's got us quaking in our boots. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. uh... All of of my ideas are going to be shot down in a matter of minutes. No, they're not. I mean, yes, they are. (laughs) 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 No, we're with you all the way. We are. We are, uh, like, we, are. we we need this podcast as much as hopefully you need us. So we're there for you. We are. So thanks for listening. Um, look after yourselves. Look after, and this sounds so, so <laughs> cliched and awful. Go full look partridge, David. Do it. But I mean, I mean it. Come though. full circle. I really mean it. I just, uh, I just want everybody to be nice to each other. Just be nice to each other. What can I say? Jack and Akinori. Um, Take care, and we'll speak to you next week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 